This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Evan Roberts podcast, the baseball awards edition. I'm joined by a, a fellow baseball geek, Ernie Acosta. We will go through all of the awards in Major League Baseball and not say who we think the dopey writers are going to pick. No. But no. who we would pick. The correct answer. Now, before we get to that, I think it's only fair with the baseball season ending for us to take a look back at our Mets versus Yankee <laughs> bets and see how we did. This will be a short segment. Well, let's start off with the first one, which was batting average, Wilson Ramos versus Gary Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Uh, that turned into be a little bit of a mismatch. Wilson ended up hitting 286, Gary 232. I think when we initially were negotiating these bets, we talked about the idea of RBIs or home runs. Home runs mm-hmm. would have been a mismatch. RBIs would have ended up very close. Gary finished with 77. Wilson finished with 73. Yeah. So if we went with that, it would have actually been a close bet. I mean, I still think, I don't think Gary Sanchez is a 230 hitter still. So I lost the bet fair and square because Gary, to me, underperformed batting average wise. Yeah, he had the power, but he should not be a 230 hitter. 230 is not good enough. He should be a 260, 270, 280 hitter. I think he's better than that, but at the very least, he should be at 270. You know, I, I halfway agree with you in this regard. I, I thought coming into the year, Gary would hit better than 232. I figured he's a 255, 260 hitter. To Wilson Ramos's credit, in the month of August, it was impossible to get him out. Yeah. And he ended up hitting 286, which actually went down a bit because at his pinnacle in August, I think he actually raised his average up to 300. And to have your average drop 14 points in a short period of time late in the season when you have so many at-bats is actually tough to do. So Ramos was very streaky. But I think Wilson Ramos won the bet more than Gary lost it because even though Gary only hit 232. Well, he hit 230. It's hard for me to say he didn't lose it. 286 is good, though, man. It is, but it wasn't even close. It should have been close. And I think Gary is getting into the swing for the power too much in every yeah. at-bat, and Wilson Ramos isn't doing that. If you throw him an outside pitch, he's going to the right field with it. And until Gary does that, he's not going to be anything better who, than a 230 hitter. Who had a better offensive season? Because that's an interesting question, uh, isn't it? Yeah, I'd probably go Ramos. Because he played more, too. Yeah, because he played. This is another year, but basically, I won't say lost injuries because he did he did perform pretty well. But sure. It's a, it feels like a disappointing season for Gary, doesn't it? Yes, it does. I think missing, you know, 50 games, which I think was the total number, I think the average being down, I think the overall streakiness He doesn't of get any season. doubles at all. Yeah. If it's not a home run, he's not getting a hit. Seems that way. Seems that way. The other bets we made, this one was over very early, and that was walks. I thought this was a really cool bet. <laughs> walks between Ahmed Rosario and Miguel Andujar. Yeah, I was upset about this one. I wanted to enjoy this one, and we didn't. <laughs> it would have been a fun bet to enjoy. And, you know, I thought Rosario did a better job drawing mm-hmm. walks, but at the end of the day, he only drew 31 walks right. this year. I would have been locked in on every full count by either batter. <laughs> no, I know. That, that was a disappointment. Unfortunately, it was over. Next year, we're going to have to have some qualifier with minimum 
games played or innings, and then we just yeah. default to something to a sixth bet to a backup bet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think injuries are a part of the game, but I get what you're because saying. Because win or lose, I at least want to be in it somehow for yeah. the entire season, and I wasn't in it after two weeks into the year. I, I thought this was an interesting one because. The loser of the bet clearly had the guy who had the better year, and mm. that was innings pitched. Noah Syndergaard versus James Paxton. Noah ended up winning by a lot, yep. and not just because he made three extra starts, because he beat him by 47 innings. Right. Significant. So significant, even yeah. if James didn't miss those starts. And a lot yeah. of it is just the difference in bullpens. I mean, obviously, the Yankees were in a rush all year long to go to their pen. Hey, give me five, give me six. Yeah, but I knew that going in. We, we, we knew that going no in. Doubt. We knew that the bullpen was going to mean that Paxton was leaving earlier. And we also knew that both guys had somewhat of an injury risk. Right. And overall, both guys, you know, did a really good job of pitching. I mean, Paxton made 29 starts. Noah made 32. And Noah ended up pitching 197 yeah. innings. Well, that was more of what I was betting on, is that Noah wouldn't pitch a full season. And he did. I was expecting him to get 25 starts. He got, like you said, 32. So, again, I knew what I was getting into with that bet. I didn't trust Paxton to have a great year. He didn't have a great year. He had a solid year. He had a better year than Syndergaard. It, he did have a better year than Syndergaard, but it was also helped by the last month and a half. Before sure. that, sure. Syndergaard was having a better year. Sure. Uh, this one turned out to be a huge mismatch. Pete Alonso versus Luke Voigt in yeah. home runs. Luke only ended up hitting 21 home runs. He obviously missed time. He's been in a massive batting slump to end the season. So Pete not only beat him, but he doubled him. Yeah, it also helps if you swing the bat occasionally if you're Luke Voigt. <laughs> yeah. If it's a, if you have two strikes on you and the pitch is close, maybe you just swing the bat, maybe get five, seven, ten more home runs. Yes. But if you're just going to be up there looking, then you're not going to get the 25 home runs we need. The fifth bet that we made was the one bet that you won. That's the only one I won, yeah. And you won it dramatically. And I was locked in. <laughs> it was a walk-off. <laughs> it was a Dom Smith-esque walk-off. And that was Aaron Judge home runs versus Edwin Diaz saves. 27 for Judge. It was a great bet. 26 for Diaz. It was a great bet. And what's funny is that the two things that could have worried us mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. In Edwin Diaz's case, not that I expected it, he lost the closer's <laughs> job. Completely fell and in apart. Judge's case, he got hurt. Again. Yes. And, again. And that's what led to the number being lower than missed maybe we would have Missed a significant amount of time. Yes. And Edwin Diaz, you wish, missed a significant amount of time. <laughs> Yeah, and what's funny is Diaz tacked on that late save. Oh, my God. And yep. I thought, wow. A cheap save. <laughs> yeah, after he's clearly <laughs> lost the job. So that turned out to be lost the best. Lost the job and the season's over. It doesn't even mean anything. <laughs> I know. I know. So but I that was the best bet. That was a fun bet. And hopefully we have five bets equal to that next year that we can actually root for all season. And I know that I'm not over done with in uh, in April or May. Yeah, the other ones, as we went through, were done very quickly. And the other part of this is, like, because I look back on my bets because I, I wipe the floor with you every year in these. Usually, so, yeah. Usually, but yeah. this year is the second time that you've beat me and handily this year. And I try and look back and say, what should I have done differently? With the amount of injuries the Yankees had this year, there's nothing else I could look at and say, I should have done that. The entire roster was yeah. on the DL. Yeah, the only thing that could have worked, and I would have potentially made a bet like this, and it would have been over from mm -hmm. the start, is a Jed Lowry, DJ LeMayhew bet. <laughs> it's true, because at the time, we thought they yeah. were they were close. Yeah. Whether you prefer DJ or Jed, there was an right. argument for both sides. And we weren't sure where they were going to play, if they were going to have any role in the team. And... Yep. All right, let's get to these awards. Let's start off with the uh, least interesting awards, and that's the Manager of the Year Awards. Uh, we'll start in the American League. To me, I don't think I'm biased when I say this. I know being in New York, watching every Yankee and Met game, maybe there'll be a bias towards Mets and Yankees. But because of what you just talked about with all the injuries that the Yankees have faced, I give it to Aaron Boone. I, I think that Rocco Baldelli is going to get a lot of attention because the Minnesota Twins won over 100 games. 
But let's face it, the Minnesota Twins cheaply won over 100 games. They're in the same division as the Detroit Tigers and the Kansas City Royals. They're a talented team. I think it almost dismisses the fact they won 100 games by saying, "How can, can you believe they did it? I, I honestly look at the Yankees and say, I can't believe they won 100 games considering they dealt with an amount of injuries that's not normal. So, to me, I think it's easy. I think Aaron Boone's the manager of the year. The Twins also weren't a surprise. Everyone thought the Twins were going to be good this year. Right. So, you can't even give the the whole, well, they came out of nowhere, which is what usually the award is. It's right. who came out of nowhere. Correct. And you can't say that about the Twins. Everybody loved the Twins this year. I have felt for a while, and we've had this discussion before, that there is a bias against Yankees for these awards. If Aaron Boone doesn't win the manager of the year award, you're basically saying Yankee managers can't win the award ever. Because when else yeah. are they going to win it? Yep. If, if they can't win it when they're favored, and he can't win it when the entire team is on the DL, then when can a Yankee manager win it? I get that the Yankees spend a lot of money. I get that they have tremendous resources. I get that Cashman's probably running the show. But the job that Aaron Boone did this year to keep this team together when the entire roster was on the IL at least once, maybe twice for a lot of these guys, who? how else can he win it? No, I agree. With then you. you're telling Boone he can never win the award if he doesn't win oh, this I think, year. But I think he's going to win. He should win. But yeah. if he doesn't, it is a joke. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And I think that the whole anti-Yankee bias argument will be brought up again, like you just mentioned, rightfully so, because I think it's clear that he's the guy. It's it can't just be. Clear. I heard someone mention Bob Melvin. I'm like, Bob Melvin? Bob you know, Melvin's done a good year, but I mean, Bob, you realize Bob Melvin has won it, I think, twice already. I know, with two be, different because teams. Because his team is always predicted, predicted to not do anything, right. and he keeps winning it. Right. At some point, maybe just predict them to win it, well, and he'll stop getting it. I think we have to start asking ourselves is this a surprise team of the year award, or is it? are we going to look at individual situations? Because the Yankees aren't a surprise team. I think a lot of right. people thought their number they, was high coming right, through the year. No doubt about it. But I think you have to look at the circumstances, and the circumstances was that everybody was hurt. It never stopped, even until this final weekend of the season with the injuries to James Paxson and Gio Urshela, though they don't seem serious. It never stopped. Never stopped. So I think it's easy. I actually have faith in the writers that they're going to get this one right and that Aaron Boone will win manager of the year. Joe Torre won manager of the year a couple of times as Yankee manager. I think he won it in 98. I think it was the last time Yankee manager won. I think that was the last time, yeah. That's a long time for a team that's in the playoffs almost every year. No, I know, and Girardi never won it. Right. So Boone would have that over Girardi right out of the gate. The National League one's a little bit interesting. You want to start that off? No, I want to hear what you're going to go with. To me, the answer is Craig Council. Yeah. I think it's Craig Council, and it's sort of similar. The Yelich thing helps him a lot. Well, that's what put me over the top Mm -hmm. on this. And I I guess it's a little bit of I didn't think this team would be that good syndrome, which I know we have with this. Then we definitely didn't think that when Yelich went down and they kept kept winning somehow. They got so freaking hot with Yelich out. And I I watched a lot of Brewers this season, and their bullpen wasn't nearly as good as it was last year. Hater was normal. Look, their lineup is good. Don't get me wrong, especially with a guy like Christian Yelich. They didn't have much starting pitching. And, And so it's remarkable to me that they were a playoff team. So I guess it does fall for the I can't believe they did it syndrome. I can't believe they did it again syndrome. Remember, they were one win away from getting to the World Series last year. So I go Craig Council in the National When you look at their roster compared to the Cubs, I mean, is there any question who has more talent on the roster? It shouldn't be close. It shouldn't be close. And somehow this team, with Yelich going out, made it to the playoffs. It's hard to do these manager of the year awards, I admit, to defend the writers. Like, how are you – evaluating a manager from one day to the next. We have no idea what's going on right. with these managers. Right. So I get how it becomes a the overachiever of the year award. 
And yeah, it probably is Craig Council. I was thinking a little bit about uh, Schilt, Schlitt, whatever his name St. is. St. Louis. For, yeah, for St. Louis. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how that good they are either. I don't think they have a, that great a talent. No, do I you? agree with you. I don't. I think they're an okay team. They're are okay. they a great team? No, they're not a great team, but they had a great year with this guy. But yeah, I mean, only because of the Yelich injury, I think it helps Council's case to win the, win the award. The guy who I think may win. And this will be historic, and I'll explain why it's historic. But the guy who I think may win is Brian Snitker, the manager of the Atlanta Braves. Because coming into the season, when guys and gals were predicting who was going to win the National League East, it seemed like the Braves were the ignored team, even though they won it last year. Yep, it was Phillies Nationals. Yeah, so for them to go out and win 97 games, Mm -hmm. it's the second-best record, clear second-best record in the league. Young team, like you mentioned. A rotation that got a great year out of Mike Soroka, but a lot of questions about the rotation. They had upheaval with the bullpen. I think he's got a great case. Now, why it's historic is that only one time mm-hmm. in either league has a manager won back-to-back Manager of the Year really? awards. It's only surprising. happened once. Wow. Can you name the guy? Hall of Fame manager. Give you that hint. Is he in the Hall of Fame now, or he's going yes. to the Hall of Fame? Yes, he is in the Hall of Fame. I think he got inducted recently, actually. Recently. Oof. Well, there's been three guys who are recent. Well, who so are I'll those, go La Russa. Who are those three guys? I'll go La Russa. It is not Tony La Russa. Bobby but he, Cox. It's Bobby Cox. Okay. So, so it's the same team. Yes. <laughs> it's the same team. And you know what's really funny about yeah. it? If I said to you, mm-hmm. well, why don't you name me the years? Right. You know, It's not going to be the years I'm thinking. Not at all. Go. You'd be stunned by the years. All right. Oh, four and oh, five. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and in fairness, yeah. these are regular season awards. Yeah. So it's not like the writers are judging, well, they didn't get to the World Series or they did get to the World Series. They probably thought Mazzoni d- deserved all the credit before. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah probably. So it's. Wow, that it, is interesting. It's very unlikely for a manager to win that award back to back years. And Brian Snitker, I think, has a real shot. Uh, Dave Roberts, I mean, he had the best team. But yeah. I think he's going to fall victim to he had the best Expectations, team. Expectations, yeah. Yep. They're expected to be that good. It's going to be a close vote, and it should be a close vote because I think all three have a very good case. And the other two, Martinez and, and Roberts, I don't think are going to be anywhere close. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be. Martinez has to win a World Series. That was his motivation coming to the yeah, game. No, making I, the playoffs. I don't, the think, I don't think he has a shot, even though I know he finished strong. Or the Nationals finished strong, and they looked bad early this season. What have they really had to overcome the Dodgers this year? Anything? No, they were just better than everybody. Falling into a malaise at their lead. <laughs> I think what it comes down to is they were just better than everybody. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the Rookie of the Year Award. National go. League. Uh, you going Pete Alonso, or do you want to make an argument for Soroka? No, 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 no. I can't I can't go with Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso is the overwhelming. He should be the unanimous Rookie of the Year. Uh, he had a great season from beginning to end. Uh, he has the Fugazi uh, rookie home run record now. Fugazi? Yeah. Fugazi. How is it Fugazi? Because everything the Mets accomplished right now is Fugazi. Every recent accomplishment you guys have had. Why? From uh, your recent, the most recent Hall of Famer with his allegations. What? From the Jose Reyes batting title, How which is, is Fugazi. You're no hitter. You're no hitter, which is a one hitter. It was a bad call. Fine. Uh, the Alonzo home run record is Fugazi because of the juice balls. He had more home runs than anybody in baseball. Because of the juice though. balls. Yeah, but he had more home no, runs than everyone else. No, compared to rookies. It's a rookie home run record. I understand, but he still led baseball yes. in home oh, runs. Oh, he has that 100%. How many rookies have led baseball in home runs? Uh, him. Nobody. Yes, him. Okay. I give him complete credit. Okay. The rookie home record is Fugazi. Is, uh, w- okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm busting chops. I know you are. <laughs> I'll say this about... This is for the Med fan who I'm going to get texts from this week when... <laughs> 
when they're telling me I'm going to lose to the Twins, okay? All this right. is just to piss those guys off. Preemptive For all you strike. good Mets fans who <laughs> only worry about your team, Forget what I just said. Right. But for you guys who are going to be texting me all week about how the Astros are going to kill us, that's for you. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, the, the one thing I'll say Did about you really get into that record, by the way? No. Okay. Good. I did not. Thank, but I, but I, but I, this is why I have respect to you, Evan Thank Roberts. you. Because you know me. Two years ago, three years ago when Judge did this, was I that no. uh, excited about the Aaron Judge home no. run record? I think I mentioned it once in my life. No. I didn't care. And you I don't think most see, Yankee fans care. Well, you can see the difference in the way the Yankee dug out and crowd reacted to Judge breaking the record right. and the reaction to Alonzo. Right. And a lot of it is that the Yankees were having a really good year in 2017, while at the end of this season, the Mets are done, so right. it's the one They're thing to be excited about. The Yankees about. are focusing on the playoffs. Look, both sides should be happy that they have two tremendous sluggers right now. Yes. You have a superstar that you can build around, but the rookie home run record, I mean, who cares? No, and, and I've admitted this. I think the reason I didn't get into it that much is I am biased against the home run. The right. home run has never been something I get that into. Like Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa's home run chase before we mm -hmm. knew it really involved steroids. I was not that into it. Right. I got to be honest. Right. It never uh, it never swept my imagination. I'm much more into Jacob DeGrom's pursuit of a second straight right. Cy Young than I was Pete Alonzo's home run yeah, chase. Yeah, Cy Young's MVPs, I mean, to me, those are things to really get excited about. Rookie home run records to me aren't. And when you have people getting excited about it while the team's on the verge of being eliminated, I don't get it. You know what else? This may sound weird because I think to a lot of Met fans, they were excited about Alonzo breaking a Yankee record. I think if McGuire still had the record, I'd have been more excited. Really? Yeah, because it was a record. too recent? Yes. Okay. I, I think sometimes recent. Like the Bonds and McGuire thing. Absolutely. Which even though we didn't really know completely, it was... Yeah, we were burnt out already after the McGuire one, so people didn't care as much as the Bonds one. When I was learning baseball, when you were learning baseball, mm -hmm. we knew Mark McGuire had the right. rookie home run record. It was a record that had lasted our entire lives. So the longer it lasts, the Correct. more buildup there is. Absolutely. But there is some to it about it being a Yankee record, I'm sure. I'm sure. Which is fine, but it just, I mean, the, the Grom Cy Young thing to me is a lot more important no than the rookie home run record. No doubt about it. And let me give some credit. We, we mentioned Soroka. I think in a normal year, Mike Soroka is the runaway yeah. uh, rookie of the year award winner. I think Soroka's season in ways is more impressive because he's a pitcher in a hitter's era. But no, I would disagree. I think, think Alonzo's more, more impressive. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm being the objective fan in this. From what Alonzo's done all year, he didn't face any major league pitching last year. Right. Aaron Judge at least had the month before to at least adjust I'm and learn in the offseason. I'm not talking about Judge. I'm talking about But Soroka. that's why I'm trying to compare the two in that I think what Judge, what Alonzo's done is so impressive for him to come into this season having not faced any major league pitching his entire career right. and do this, I think is absolutely incredible. I, I, I'm not saying it isn't incredible, and I don't know if you care about Soroka and the fact that he pitched five games last year. Mm -hmm. So he's a rookie, but he right. did have some experience had, last year. I think that's very uh, under underspoken about. No that. doubt. No doubt. I just think that a pitcher in an era like this, yeah. in his rookie season pitching to a 2-6 ERA, is really, really impressive. Now, I think Alonzo should win rookie of the year. I'm not debating that. It's the one award I think I got right when I made preseason predictions, yeah. so I'll go with it. But I'm just saying that I don't think it should be forgotten that in Atlanta, he was the ace of the second-best team in the National League, pitched to a 2-6 ERA, and he did it as a rookie. It was yeah. a really impressive year it for Mike It still feels Soroka. like he kind of flew under the radar he did. somehow. He did. Maybe it's because we also live in New York and we're seeing Alonzo every day. Yeah. But for Alonzo to be the guy all season, having pitchers make adjustments to him all year, sure. and he's still able to overcome that. And by the way, could we also put away uh, the home run derby curse? That, yeah, right. Like, is that dead right. now completely? Can we just kill that off? We should. It doesn't exist. Right. But for what Alonzo's done from day one to now, to me, 
because I think Soroka was under the radar, he wasn't a hype prospect. He didn't come into this with the expectations Alonzo did. Right. So I think he almost benefits from that. Sure. So that's, that's why fair. I give Alonzo a lot more credit. Well, and Alonzo, right from the get-go, batting second for the New York Mets. Yeah. So right out of the it's gate, a lot they of put pressure. him in the middle lineup. I mean, I'm sure he heard the debate with Brody of whether or not to bring him up from day sure. one. Oh, yeah. And that gives you more expectations. You have to perform right away. Let this be a lesson to future GMs and owners that don't go too nuts about service no. time because if Alonzo's called up in May or right. late April, he's not chasing the rookie home run no. record. So for those who did get into it, you're you're cheated of that because most of the time, and we're going to talk about it in the American League with who should win rookie of the year there, guys didn't start the year in the major leagues. You don't see that anymore. And can you imagine the narrative? If the Mets had missed the playoffs by a couple games yep. the same way, yep. but Alonzo wasn't there the first two weeks of the season, the narrative would have been, if we'd had this guy, we well, would have been in the playoffs. At least we know now. Look, you had him all year. You didn't make it. You put your best team out there. Well, what if what if Dom Smith's the first baseman on opening day? Alonzo's in AAA, and Dom Smith is hitting. Right. They could have taken right. even more you time to call this guy out. missed a whole half season of Alonzo. Let me give uh, you know credit to Brian Reynolds and Kevin Newman and Christian Walker yes. and Mike Soroka because a lot of these guys could win rookie of the year in any other year. They mm -hmm. ran into Pete Alonzo. Reynolds had an incredible year. People, don't, I don't think, realize he it because of how good year. Soroka and Alonzo were. Yep. But he's he's – and also because the Pirates stink. But he Got had a to. tremendous year. Yeah. In a lot of other years, he wins Rookie of the Year. In the American League, I, I think coming in, we all figured, ah, it's going to be Vladimir Guerrero Jr. It's going to be Eloy <laughs> Jimenez. It's a to lose, right? Right. Yeah. Both of those guys. And both of those guys didn't have bad years. But it's easy. It's Jordan Alvarez. Yeah. The Eloy guy was finished strong, too. But Jordan Alvarez is just a machine. I mean, there's nothing else he could say. And the fact the Astros have just another guy to be worried about. It's just, it's depressing and demoralizing going into the, the ALCS. <laughs> Does it hurt? This guy is so good, Jordan Alvarez. Does it hurt him that he played basically half a season? He didn't no, get called up until no, late. What are his final numbers for the year? Well, first, 86 games, yep. 364 plate appearances. Right. 317, mm -hmm. 27 home runs, 78 RBIs, an OPS of 1,000. 78. Right. So he had a full season's numbers in half a year. Correct. <laughs> no, it does not hurt His him. numbers are so far superior to Eloy and Vladimir that it doesn't matter. Yeah. And Eloy's really was last, the last month of the season, really. For sure. most of the year, he was struggling. And that's what rookie's going to do. But Jordan Alvarez came up from day one and just mashed until the end of the season. Um, yeah, Vladimir Jr. Uh, didn't have the season we expected yet. I mean, I'm sure he's still going to be good. The rest of the Blue Jays guys are showing promise. Biggio, Bichette, but Alvarez should be, I think, the unanimous rookie of the year. Now, do we go to MVP or do we go to Cy Young? Because I think most people view MVP as the main event. No, let's go Cy Young. You want to yeah. go Cy You're Young right. first, get yep. it out of the way? Yep. All right, let's go to the National League Cy Young Award. Who is it? <laughs> uh, it's Jacob DeGrom. Um, I don't think there's any debate. Ryu had a tremendous year. He finished 21 innings short of DeGrom. Is that right? He finished 21 and a third inning short of right. Jacob DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom had close to 100 more strikeouts. Or... Not Jacob that I put DeGrom that much into that. DeGrom had a little bit less than 100 more strikeouts. Yeah. I don't put that much into that. We've had this discussion before. To me, if it's a pop-out or a strikeout, it's an out. It doesn't right. matter. Right. Um, but DeGrom was tremendous again. And it's kind of like the Soroka argument. I think Ryu benefited from being under the radar. Jacob DeGrom came into the season as the defending Cy Young uh, winner and defended his title. I think there's a lot more pressure for a guy like Jacob DeGrom than there was for Ryu all season. I don't buy into the runs that he doesn't get the run support. I think when you go onto the mound, it's about performance, and you can only control what you can control. He controlled it 
32 starts this year, 33 starts this year. Mm. And for that, I, I, yeah, I I was rooting against him for the past month. I understand. When you told me a month ago, Jacob DeGrom's going to win this, I said, Evan's out of his mind again. He's got the <laughs> pom-poms out. It's going to be Scherzer. It's going to be Ryu. Well, but the past month, he ran away with it. Yeah, and well, I can't the, take it away from him. The guy had a, another great year. So a month ago when we started talking about this, it was very, very close. Yeah. And now he was, was the behind thing. when you started bringing it up. He was behind to me. I Slight, thought he was third. Slightly behind. Mm-hmm. I When I brought it up for the first time, I said, Hinjin Ryu is the leader in the clubhouse, but he's trending in a bad direction. Right. Max Scherzer is hurt. That's going to yeah. take stuff away from him. He said when him. he comes back, if he's still dominant, he's going to win it. Yeah, if Scherzer came back and dominated, even being short starts and short innings, he could have won it. But right. it was a very close race. I think Ryu was a part of the discussion. DeGrom, Scherzer, Soroka at the time. Jack Flaherty wasn't. And Jack Flaherty no. may finish in the top three or four with the year he had. Even Clayton Kershaw was a part of it. What happened over the last month is he ran away with it. He did. He was far superior to everybody else outside of Flaherty. But Flaherty had a lot of ground to make up. So Jack yeah. Flaherty's close has made it closer for him. But at the time of our discussion a month ago, he wasn't really in that mix. And just... Jacob is just so consistent that his bad starts are good starts for anybody else. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. What is a bad start for Jacob DeGrom? Like, Seven innings, four runs. Yeah, that's a bad start. Like, that's that's a good start for most guys. No, you're right. And he, I don't know if this, see, I think there are certain things that help Jake that I don't think you care about. Mm. And that's fine, because I think the Cy Young Award is, a, is an award in which we all look at different things. Yeah. We all put a lot of stock in different things. What Jake did down the stretch as the Mets were trying to get in the pennant race I think adds a little bit to what he did. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean I should penalize Ryu because the Dodgers ran away with the National League West. No. Or even penalize Max Scherzer, though I will a little bit, by the fact that he was not the same guy over the last month after right. he came back from injury. And he threw so many fewer innings than Jacob DeGrom over the last month of the season. And you know why I can't affect that also? Because then you'll have the guy saying, well, he faced the Marlins eight times. What do you expect? Sure. So to bounce that, I mean, I, I can't look at both of those. To me, right. I look at... The guy, the season the guy had all year. Yes, he faced the Marlins a bunch of times, but there are a lot of bad teams in the league. Um, I, I think the most important thing is coming to the season, being the man, and staying the man. Yeah, and statistically, he deserves the award. Forget anything else. He threw 204 yeah. innings, which I think was second in the league behind just Steven And Strasburg. innings to me, after ERA, is the second most important stat. I agree. First, it's ERA. Second, innings. Because innings are important in, the, in this day and age. No guys question. don't pitch the innings anymore. No question. Unless you are just so far superior in 30 or 40 less innings, I, I'm putting a lot of stock in going out there every five days and throwing innings. So to me, yeah. innings. Not just five. No. If you're going seven, eight, you're getting, you deserve the award. You're saving your teams in your bullpen. Innings, ERA, and whip. Now, the thing about whip that you can say, well, why should it matter, is that if you put guys on base but mm-hmm. they don't score, didn't you do your job? Yes. Pettit used to do that all the time. Pettit would have guys on base all the time, but if they didn't score, what do I care? But this isn't the ERA award. If the job is simply to not give up runs, we'd say, okay, who had the best ERA? There's your winner. Or who had the most innings and best ERA? There's your winner. There has to be a few categories that you're looking at. I think strikeouts matter because we talk about how strikeouts for position players still matters. Well, strikeouts are a more productive out for a pitcher than a fly ball to right field where a runner could advance. It is, but if I can get a one-pitch fly out, I'd rather that than a five-pitch strikeout. If I'm saving bullets in that arm, sure. to me, that pop-out's more important. Greg Maddox is one of the great pitchers of all time. He did strike out a lot of guys. Right. He was getting you to pop out to third but that's, base. But that gets equated to an innings. I mean, if you can no, throw I know more that, but innings. If he, but if he can go longer because he's not striking guys out as much, sure. then I'm giving him more credit than if he strikes out 10 guys in five innings. Who finishes second behind DeGrom? 
Uh, boy, it's probably going to be Ryu. You know who I think and it you is? You heard what David Roberts said yesterday? I'm sure he Yes, he said is. there's an East Coast bias. Right, ridiculous. Yes. Jake when, hasn't beaten every step of the ERA. When Mike Trout wins it after not playing for his team this month, tell me there's an East Coast yeah, bias. Yeah, seriously. Nah, that's ridiculous. I mean, come on. Everybody knows DeGrom deserves the award. He's got the stats. It's was just he, a stat thing. Was he upset with the East Coast bias when he was a Red Sox? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, or was it just <laughs> the last few years? The guy so. who should finish second is Jack Flaherty. He had a tremendous you season. You think that, huh? Yes. He ended up getting close to 200 innings. Yeah. His ERA ended up at 275, which was fourth in the league. Uh, Ryu, st- of- Ryu still had such a good year. I don't want to diminish what he did. It's not he still had a really good year. I'm looking at innings. I'm mm-hmm. backing up what you said. Flaherty yeah. threw 196. Ryu threw 182. That's a 14 yeah. inning difference. I think that matters. It does. Um, 14 innings. I'll equate that to almost two starts. If we want to see a guy go seven innings each game, I still think Ryu had a better year. Okay, it's close though. But Jake is uh, should win unanimously. And when we talk about these things, like the winner is important. But when you look at Hall of Fames, like we talk about all the time. Finishing top five matters when you're trying to get to the Hall of Fame. Yep. So, yes, it's great to win it, but if you're finishing second, third, fourth, that's a big factor, too, in the end of your career. No question about it. That's why I think these awards do matter. All right, this one is so close, it's scary. The American League Cy Young Award winner, Justin Verlander versus Garrett Cole. Flip a coin. (laughs) I know Joe said that. Manfred should come in and just announce that they're both co- yeah. co-Cy Young winners, <laughs> yeah. which you can't do because actually there's a vote, and right. one guy's got to win, one guy's got to lose. If there was a year for two guys to split it, because I usually hate splitting awards. Yeah. I want a winner. Yeah. If there was a year for two guys to split, I guess it would be okay with these guys, especially because they're teammates. Like They all have the same factors. They're pitching the same ballparks, so the same teams, the same offense behind them. I'll go Gary Cole for the Cy Young winner. Um, there's no wrong answer here. No. I, I'm kind of with Joe. Not that, you know, anybody should step in. There should be a vote. Right. But if they split the first place votes. No one's crying about it. And everybody, and then no one gets a second place vote. Nobody should get a second place vote. Honorable mention to Charlie Morton and Shane Bieber. But they're not right. one, two in the Cy Young voting. It just is what it is. We could get a split. I have no problem with that. If I have to pick a winner, the winner is Justin Verlander. Uh, the ERAs are basically the same. Cole's mm-hmm. at 2-5. Verlander's at 2 5 eight. The whip, better for Verlander, and it's historically low. 0.80 versus 0.89. I don't care about wins and losses, but guess what? That's basically the same, too. Cole was 20-5. and five, Verlander was 21-6. and six. Cole hasn't beaten strikeouts by 26. Verlander walks six fewer guys. And, and this is the part where I'm just going to say, go give it to Verlander. Yep. Two things. The no-hitter, mm-hmm. and he pitched 11 more innings. We usually is, don't care about no-hitters. When these I, things come, but, dude, it, but we're <laughs> but we're so close, so you got to start looking for things. I understand. I, I'm looking for something here. How were they in interleague? How did they hit? What was their, uh, <laughs> what <were> their batting <laughs> average? Just look at that, dude. This is, is this is as close as it, it gets. Yeah, there's no wrong answer. I'm giving it to Cole just because I don't know. I like Eric Cole. They both had the same amount of quality starts. Verlander two complete games. Cole zero. No. Oh. Justin Verlander. Yeah. It's very very close. I give it to Verlander. Okay. But there's no. Wrong answer here, and I think that most of us should root for a tie because they both deserve it. Maybe I want him to get the Cy Young so that he feels good coming into his next season with the Yankees in 2020. <laughs> it just adds more pressure to yeah, him. It probably adds a few more dollars, too. Maybe that, we shouldn't win it. Probably so. All right, let's get to the National here League Most Valuable Player Award. Before we start this, can we just admit now, we're not looking at the advanced stupid sabermetric stats that everyone else is looking at. Well, I mean, I'm not looking at... The B, the B war and the F war, which I, I, I just found out this weekend are a thing. Well, you know what it is. There are multiple wars. Well, There's... it's war calculated by baseball reference and war calculated by fan graphs. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I'm not looking at I that. I can't take it anymore. 
I just can't. Look, some of the you know new what age... bothers me is that these people actually take like I've read that Marcus Simeon actually cares about his war. Like every really? day he's looking at his war number. Eh. This is ridiculous. Nobody knows how to judge this thing. Some of the new age stats I are like. good. Yes, I'm intrigued. I'm not gonna quote it. I'm, I don't fully embrace it yet, but I'm intrigued by the runs created stat. Okay. I, I am. But, Drawn in by I that. remember hearing runs created back in the early 90s. Dude, when I was a kid, I heard runs a created. A lot of these new age stats have mm-hmm. been around forever. I mean, right. OPS, we look at more now. Yes. But that's always been around. But it has to be a stat that I can, sitting in my living room, figure out without needing the, the whole math equation. Okay. And for me, and that's what, to me, helps baseball. It's what helps you fall in love with baseball as a kid, seeing who got the RBIs, who got the steals, who got the runs. When you overcomplicate this, I think you lose the regular fan. So who's the MVP? Cut man. to the chase. Cut to the chase. Alex Bregman. No, no, nationally. Yeah. Oh, All right. Yeah, we, since you said AL, we'll go to AL. Did you say NL? I don't I remember you saying NL. Dude, let's just go to AL then. You're going Alex, Alex Bregman. Bregman. Let's go. Yes. Uh, Alex Bregman, to me, was just as good an offensive year as Mike Trout. Um, obviously, in a better team. Uh, I, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. DJ LeMay, who does not deserve to win the MVP award this right, year, right. he at least needs to be third. I was really upset a few years ago when Robbie Cano, the year Miguel won it, Robbie Cano didn't finish second, he finished fourth. And that's when I started believing, really, that the, the Yankee bias exists. DJ LeMayhu, the entire season, was the most consistent player on the Yankees. He's part of the reason why the Yankees are where they are. Did he have the greatest stats? No. Was he up there with Trout and Bregman? I can't say that. But from day one to now, he helped keep the Yankees afloat. And so if you're talking about the pure, most valuable player... He has to be at least third. I look, DJ LeMayhew watching him every day has had an outstanding season for the New York Yankees. I don't even think he's top five. Really? Because stats matter. Stats do matter. I absolutely. It, it doesn't mean it's end all be all. It's not end all be all. But stats matter, and his numbers. Like I'll tell, you, I'll give you a guy on a good team that didn't make the playoffs, mm-hmm. but a good team who just flat out has better stats. Carlos Santana. Yeah. Are we talking about Carlos very Santana as the them. MVP? But that's where we get into the debate of, yes, stats matter, but also being on a playoff team matters. Okay, Austin Meadows has better stats. And usually, okay. That's another guy. There's a lot of Red Sox who have better stats, but okay, fine, kick, take them out. Right, Devers, obviously. Nelson Cruz, Bogarts. I know the DH thing hurts mm-hmm. him. He had a monster year. But I'm talking about the most valuable to their team. If you take DJ LeMahieu off the Yankees, yeah. they probably have seven less wins. So you're I don't, saying think his, I don't think it's an exaggeration. His impact is greater on if you're his talking about team. The, yes. If you're talking about the purest sure. version of most valuable player yeah. outside of numbers, and sometimes it's unfair to do because I'm not watching everybody else play. I want right. 62. Right. But because of what DJ LeMahieu was able to do for this team, playing every position, being there, getting multiple hit games every day, not the big home run, but just being on base, uh, to me he has to be third overall Look, in the MVP. I, I, here, here's the problem. It doesn't matter. Right. I mean, it's who's the winner, not who's in second, no, who's in third, who's in fourth. I agree with you. It's Alex Bregman. And so when Joe makes the argument of I can't have an MVP on a last place team, and they're not a last place team, but a bad team, right. I'm halfway with him. So am I. If you have the overwhelming numbers, you should be the MVP. No doubt. If you are that much better than everybody else, I'm with you. A-Rod with the Rangers, yeah. Andy Banks. Yeah. Because yeah. I even... Brought up a fake analogy to Joe. I said, if Mike Trout hits 70 home runs, is he the MVP? Well, yeah, if it's 70. Okay, well, what's the line of absurdity where you say, despite the team being bad, I want this guy as MVP? Here's the problem. Mike Trout had an outstanding season. Yep. 
And if he played the whole season. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this outstanding Again. season. Yes. Outstanding. If he had played the whole season, maybe his numbers would have been overwhelming enough for me to say, all right, they stink. He's still the MVP. But they're not because Alex Bregman caught him flat out because Alex Bregman played. Alex Bregman had 41 home runs. Alex Bregman finished with a higher batting average. Oh, wait, that doesn't count. Okay, well, his on-base is almost the same. His OPS is not that far off. And and this is the part that really freaks out the sabermetricians. Strikeouts matter. And he doesn't strike out that much. All the other guys we talk about, any one of them, whether it was Carlos Santana, not DJ LeMahieu, he's mm-hmm. an exception, J.D. Martinez, Jorge Soler, Austin Meadows, Nelson Cruz, you name it. They all strike out. Mike Trout, they all strike out. Alex Bregman struck out 83 times. That's even yeah. less than D.J. LeMay. And, and what are his walks? Because everybody loves the walks. What are his walks compared to? And Trout? 110. Yeah. Now, he also <laughs> had more at-bats. Right, play but that's appearances. part of it. <laughs> sure. No, I get it. It's Alex Bregman. Yeah. Guy had to play shortstop. Guy's played third base. He's the best player on the best team. Yeah. His August and September have been absurd. Yes, yeah. he's not missing the ball. This is not your typical, but Trout is so much better than everyone else. I don't care team record argument. He had an amazing year, and if he played the whole year, maybe it would have been him. Yeah. And I was looking at the past of guys who've missed a lot of time and still won the MVP. George Brett did it in the early 80s. He was so absurdly better. Okay, fine. And the Kansas City Royals won the division right. that year. The other one was Gabby Hartnett back in the 30s, who was a catcher. And I think it's a little bit different when you're talking about a catcher. Yeah. I can't give Mike Trout this award with 470 at-bats. I can't do it. It's Alex Bregman. I'm with you. Yeah, and I think there's some years where you look at it and you don't see clear-cut MVPs. Like, we've had them years past. We're looking like you're trying to come up with somebody. Right. But th- that's not this year. There's a bunch of guys who can win it this year. No and doubt. when there's a bunch of guys who can win it this year, one of the big tiebreakers should be who's on one of the better teams. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think as a tiebreaker, as a factor when it's close, no doubt about it. And sometimes it. when you look at these guys, you say, well, who on his team cancels him out? Like, usually on these two, on, when you have great teams, there's two guys who cancel them out. Right, So right. they split the vote. Everyone else on that team has either struggled throughout the year or gotten hurt. Springer's yeah. gotten hurt. Yep. Correa's been hurt. Altuve's been hurt. Brantley was great in the beginning of the season. He's teetered off a little bit in the second half. Bregman has been great all season. Yeah. By MVP. By the way, we it's funny when we, we, we kill war, we all do, or at least you and I do, and, and Joe does as mm-hmm. well. Yet, what you were just trying to define DJ LeMahieu with is mm-hmm. the idea of war. Right. No, and, I understand so that. We, we, And we, it's hard to quantify when you're not watching every day. Exactly. That's why the idea of war is great. The execution of war is horrible. That's what well, I look at. Well, the part I dislike so much about war is that the, the fan who cites war almost says, like, it's the end-all, be-all. Right. Like, it is, like you said before— the Cy Young isn't the ERA winner, although we just call it the ERA title. Right. The MVP should not be the war title. It shouldn't be whoever has the highest war gets the MVP. That's not how it works. No, I think there's a lot of factors that go into picking an MVP. The National League one is complicated, and I think it's complicated because of the injury to Christian Yelich. Uh, you want to? So go you first? were giving it to Yelich before he got hurt. I was giving it to Christian Yelich before he got hurt. Okay. Yes, I absolutely was. And it's I funny think... now him being out now helps the council award people. Yes. So... Yeah, because, and, and oddly enough, and I know this isn't fair at all, but in my mind, the Brewers succeeding without Yelich hurt Christian yeah. Yelich. Yeah. Right? We all thought they were going to fall off, didn't we? Yeah. I thought the Brewers are done after that. I did. And Yelich played a lot, but he also missed time. We just talked about it with Mike Trout. But I think with Yelich, it was close. I was giving it to him, but I think Cody Bellinger was right there. And Anthony Rendon, another guy who doesn't strike out, by the way, so I'm a little partial to that. 
was rampaging and helping the Nationals make the postseason. I think this is a three-man award debate yep. between Yelich, Bellinger, and Rendon. I was going to go with Yelich. At the end of the day, I'm going with Cody Bellinger. Mm, okay. I'm going all homer in that I am picking Anthony Rendon as my NL MVP. And why is that an all homer vote? Because he Roberts? was on your fantasy. Because both of him and Alex Bregman are on my fantasy team. But that's not really why I'm going for <laughs> I think when you talk about the importance of the award, who is the most important to their team, their numbers are pretty similar. He has more RBIs, I believe, than him. He has a higher batting average than Bellinger. Uh, that is all true, yes. Yes. And if I'm looking at who is more important to their team, if you took them off, obviously it would hurt both teams and it would hurt all three teams, if you're counting Yelich. I think taking Rendon off that team would cripple the Nationals. I can't say the Dodgers would be crippled without Bellinger. I wouldn't say that the Dodgers would be crippled, but I would say a part of why the Dodgers were far superior to everybody else was Cody Bellinger. Yeah. Because if He's I'm ranking the players on the Dodgers, mm -hmm. I think there is a significant drop-off right. after Cody Bellinger. And there isn't with Rendon because you have the other guy there. Juan Soto. Right. Yeah, and I think the same thing could be even said about the Astros. While mm -hmm. Bregman is their best player, it's a debate. I mean, right. Jose Altuve was their best player not that long ago. Well, the, the Dodgers are also a deeper team um, they than are. the Nationals. Because the Nationals really rely on a few guys. Well, who's the second best player on the L.A. Dodgers? After, position player. After Cody Bellinger, who's their second best player? And that proves my point. Yeah. Max Muncie? Corey Seager? Justin Turner? Jock Peterson? I was going to go to Peterson. That's the point! Yeah. But I also think, but I just think they're so deep. Yeah. You know, the Nationals yeah. are top heavy, and if the top fails, they fail. Yeah. The Dodgers are complete. You know what though? If Cody, if we live in a world where Cody Bellinger isn't on the Dodgers, right? Yeah. Do they run away with the NL West over the first few months of the year? Do they win 105 no, games? No, I, st I still think they win. Yeah, they probably win the division because if, the division's not that good. Right. But if Rendon's not there, I don't think the Nationals are in the playoffs. Right Does now. it matter that the Nationals are in the playoffs as a wild card team playing one game as opposed to a division champion? If we're factoring in, yeah. same with Yelich, mm -hmm. if we're factoring in winning, if that's a big part of it, or at least a part of it, is that part an aspect? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just trying to look at the. When you talk about most valuable player, again, I'm going back to the old argument of who's the most valuable. Right. And to me, it's Rendon. Okay. I mean, right. you're, you're voting Bellinger. I can't knock that pick. Bellinger has been one of the greatest players from beginning to end. He was on fire in April, and he's still on fire. And, and I can't kill it. I just think if I'm looking at the two teams, and this is going to blow away the – because the war geeks right now listening to this are just saying – Whoever's got the highest award. Well, it's win. Bellinger, by the way. Right. And they're, so I'm and they're, and they're gonna say and they're gonna say that's it. The argument's over. Right. But to me, part of the debate is who's more valuable to their team. And to me, Rendon's more valuable to his team. Excellent. All right, there it is. So Your I have a couple questions for you before we finish. Questions? Up. Yes, right, real quick. Me. No, go through these real quick. Yeah. What does baseball do about the whole the ball next season? They're gonna unjuice it. There will be less home How runs much in twenty twenty. Are they gonna unjuice it? I don't are, know. are we gonna have a shot putt next year? No. Is he, are people going to lead the majors with nine home runs? I next? don't think it's going to be the dead ball era, but I think we'll see a drop. Are I you can't in favor define of that? it. Yeah, there were too many home runs. This I think year. they need to almost overcorrect. I don't want to go back to average. I want to have a pitcher's year next year. Uh, I don't know if we're going to get. What's the leader in home runs next year? I'd say it's forty-two. Yeah, I mean, as much as the ball was juiced this year, you didn't see sixty home run years. No, I mean, you didn't see 60, 65, 70 home run years. You're right. Most of the guys were in the forties, fifties, but. 
It wasn't like the steroid era. When people want to compare it to the steroid era, it's not the steroid era. It wasn't taking one guy Mm -hmm. and having them hit an absurd absurd amount of home runs. It was the amount of guys that hit 30 or even the amount of guys that hit 20. And that's why too many guys. And that's why part of me thinks it's not just the ball. It's also the stadiums. It's also how these guys are swinging. They're swinging for home runs. So I think it's across the board. It is a fact. All of those things are factors, but there was something with the ball because there were too many fly balls to the outfield Mm -hmm. that should have not been home runs. So I think they'll unjuice it. I think the league leader is 41. Okay. That's all my questions. I was going right. to have another one, but eh, we'll save it. <laughs> Thank you, Ernie. Uh, that was our awards edition of the Evan Roberts podcast. Our Hell in the Cell retrospective will drop on Wednesday, October 2nd, which will feature highlights of our attempt to do the podcast during a Mets game at City Field. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts podcast.